forecast awful i wish it, so we had the jordan peterson uh clip i wish i could find one for obama can i just say that that night was one of the most weirdest like <laughs> experiences because i woke up at like what was it 3 a.m i think i replied to you i don't even know i woke up randomly i was surprised at how late you were awake because i was asleep but the text woke me up because it was by my head and i like looked at it and all i remember I, I thought it was a dream almost but i was just playing along with it and because I like woke up the next morning and looked at my text, I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> it's like, why was I like? I sent Mitchell the audio clip, which you guys have probably heard, because I actually put it on. Uh, uh, I've been putting it on the episodes, like in the middle of the wait, ad really? break. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh wait, I thought they shut the bot down. Oh, uh, maybe they oh, did. Wait, I no, just the still one have the old clip. The one yeah. you made. Okay. Did I they thought shoot, you were making shut it down? One. I went to it recently and it said like it's temporarily like unavailable or something. Probably because the internet broke it. Yeah, probably because people like started using it for really awful, inappropriate <laughs> things. But so, so I, I mean, woke up in the I middle did. of the night and looked at it and was like, Oh man. I was like I was like, he's probably just I, I, ju- I was like he probably doesn't actually care but i woke up and listened to it and part of me thought it well was first like, let me explain because i don't think people really know oh yeah, yeah, yeah i sent mitchell the the audio saying dude so i got this email from jordan peterson and they said that he loved that he really likes the podcast and he wants to like endorse us as like a sort of like ad thing didn't i say something like that yeah you're like dude he he was like you're like this is a dream come true and like (laughs) i listened to it and it's like hello i like i love the podwood forecast clifford and mitchell have really great things to say and i was listening to it and it was like convincing enough that i was like it is pretty good i was like i feel like he just i was like he did not listen to this i was like he probably just does this to make money for his podcast and like like I, well I was, that's actually kind of what he was, sounds like on his podcast oh yeah no it's convincing but i i thought it was real for a second and i was like he didn't listen to it though and and then i was worried i was like oh but those know. deep fake things are like starting to get because i had just seen one yeah. with a voice for the first time i was like man it's probably fake and i thought you had like fallen for a scam and i was like dude you gotta be careful i was like 3 a.m yeah and i was, was out of my mind and i woke up the next day i was like of course this is fake why was i like taking it i was like of course that was a joke why did i think he was being serious and i like felt joke. bad because i looked at my text i was like i was like going like father i was like clifford you, you can't be fa- you need to check your sources when people send you these things be careful and you're just like dude i know um, i pranked you but but you, yeah yeah it was awful the only thing that I, I i felt like it was like 90 percent convincing the only thing that wasn't as convincing is when he said bucko when i haven't say bucko because he says bucko a lot sort of oh. um but yeah. he sort it sort of was just a it was like the computer didn't recognize it. It was more like you better go check out the podcast Bucko. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. Yeah. I feel like I didn't notice that part. I I feel like some people didn't really don't really understand what he's saying. I like there, how but... I made one where he laughs and he's just like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it's like ha huh, <laughs> so huh, creepy. Huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that those things are like 
weirdly. Yeah, I want to find one for Obama. It's disturbing, like, how convincing they can be. Sometimes it's, like, I couldn't find any for, like, anything else. I was, like, trying to find one for Donald Trump, but I couldn't find (laughs) it. I thought that would be pretty funny, but... That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, So... So, anyways, let's talk about video games Yes, we... This is part two of our video game convo. And Convo. Yes, I I talk hip just like the kids. Um, Saving time, you know. Was it my turn? Uh, uh, so I ended talking about Metal Gear, I think. So it probably is your turn. Yes, I believe it is my turn. And if and we are wrong, then deal with it. <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> That's fine. Then you can just give us a one-star rating. Yeah. But, but don't do that. Oh, yeah, before we go on, just want to remind everyone... If you give us a good rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, we will give you a shout out please, on the podcast. Please, please do it. We <laughs> we need help, and <laughs> we're starving. <laughs> the fact that we're a podcast that just talks about anything and everything, pretty much, uh, you can tell that uh, how much we struggle. So <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So. We are on our final two of our five. I really thought that five was going to be short enough for one podcast. Yeah, and I wanted to do ten. Like, yikes. Yeah. Um, I I got a lot more passionate and talked about things for a long period of time. Well, I did too. Yeah. But you even get passionate about things that I picked, so. Yeah, that's true. So I, like, doubled the time, essentially, because I've pretty much played everything you've played. and So... Pretty much. Yeah. I think that my final two is actually going to surprise you. Really? I feel like uh, I know what your number one is. See, that's the thing, is that you, you guessed it. You guessed that it was Red Dead 2. Yeah. Um, I think I know what your... Fink? I think I know what your um, number two is as well. Well, we shall see, because I think I'm going to surprise you. Oh, okay. As I take a swig of orange juice. Don't don't talk to me until I've had my morning glass of orange juice. It's 8 p.m. I, I know. <laughs> I know. So, my number two... Of my all-time favorite games, and I've, I've thought about this a lot for my final two, but I'm going to have to say that my number two is Red Dead 2. Arthur! Any luck? I found a place where we can get some shelter. Let Davy rest while he, you know, an old man in town. Abandoned. It ain't far. Come on. Come on! Yeah! Oh, okay. Yeah, see. So then I definitely know what your number one is. Okay. Oh, but well, I'm don't not, spoil I won't it. spoil it now, but... So... I think I thought they were going to be switched. Mm, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think... I think you may be right in thinking. But, yep. uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. If I could have, I... Well... The first Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption would definitely be... Like somewhere in my top ten. Yeah. I I remember loving it and it was like my favorite game at the time when it came out. Yeah. Um, but I I went back to it after Red Dead Two, and it's kind of like such a yeah. such a, sh- a shocking difference, you know. Yeah, because Red Dead Two is like technically maybe not like you know you could argue like in terms of artistic value, but just in terms of like visuals, like. On like a technical sense, it's probably it's the incredible. most technically impressive looking game ever made. Mm-hmm. And 
going back to Red Dead, which was a 360 game, is like... I think well, it was, on other things. It yeah, was on other in things. In PS3. I don't know why yeah. it defaulted to 360, because I even I never even had a 360. Oh, um, well, I did. I, um, I definitely played it on 360. I think it's just funner to say than PS3. Funner? Yeah. yeah. More fun. <laughs> but I... From, it's kind of tricky for me. I feel like um, 2 has a much better story but one is a little bit more video gamey like it's not like i like the realism and like this almost simulation aspect Mm -hmm. of two but i felt like it sometimes got annoying like there were some things um and these are my only really nitpicks with the game because i think it's fantastic overall but i'm just getting Mm -hmm. these out of the way um but like your weapon wheel would always reset after you got off your horse or something and you always had to like oh, which yeah. I, there were like minor things that yeah you there had was to some like things to. where it took the realism a little too far <clears throat> um but I, I i think i just liked how stupid one was like you could do <laughs> things that were ridiculous where two wouldn't really let you so it had a bit more of that video game vibe but then two has a much better story and um i think they're pretty even in terms of characters but I think two took the characterization to like the next level, and I think, it, it made John Marston a lot more interesting as well, which I like. Yeah, John so. Marston. Uh, I, I I always thought that like they were never going to be able to top John Marston because he was a he's a great protagonist and yeah. one of my favorite uh, protagonists in a video game. But they somehow did with Arthur Morgan, and yeah. Arthur Morgan is such a such a compelling character. I feel like I do like him more as like a, a written character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's fascinating about him is that he's like very untraditional for a game protagonist. Like mm-hmm. even like character wise, it, even for he, like it kind of works like in a, a traditional sense. But even for like a, a, a western, like in the western yeah. genre. You don't uh, in in like most Western movies, you don't have like the the hard accent kind of yeah. big and tough guy uh, as the lead character. Usually, like a John Marston type yeah. is more. Like I remember being like, this seems like he should be one of the side characters. I remember being kind of surprised he was the main. Yeah, and even just like personality wise and uh, like look wise, I was like, he just kind of looks like a normal dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can change his look and stuff later in the game, but I, I found it interesting that they made someone like that the person you play as, but, like, the way he ends up interacting with everyone, it, like, makes perfect sense that they did right. that because you, you get this really s- strange in-between. Be- he's, like, the core of the group in a way. Yeah, whereas... he's definitely a, a leader in the group. This is it. You okay? Peach. You sure? You still working? Is anybody still working? The whole goddamn place full of people bickering, fighting, and lying. It makes me real sad. I know. I need someone to ride with me. Do what? Finish off them O'Driscolls. I hear the last of them is holed up at Hanging Dog Ranch. I don't have it in me no more. I saw Colm swing. I just don't care. I was a married woman. You know what they did to me and to my husband. Like you're the only one of these fools that I trust. I've got to do this. 
tell you what, I'll do it. But there's something you could help me with. Abigail, Jack, John, make sure they make it. I mean, this whole thing is pretty much done. But when the time comes... Or how do you mean? When the time comes, you help them. What do you mean? I mean, help them escape when I... You know, you and me, we're more ghosts than people. But them, they, they could... I know. Of course I will. Thank you, Arthur. Because he's basically like... So for those of you who don't know the story, so Arthur Morgan is a part of this, this gang. They're outlaws. And what they're trying to do is like raise enough money to go to... Tahiti. Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> the most friggin' said word in that game besides Tahiti. a plan. Yeah, I've got a plan. I got a plan, John. You always got a plan, Dutch. Um, Dutch is the leader of the group, and he's introduced in Red Dead Redemption in the first one, but he's a lot more fleshed out in this. It, well, in Red Dead Redemption, he's kind of gone crazy. Yeah. And in he's this one, like you see the progression from, like, yeah. uh, from the beginning to, like, He's kind of your standard, like, rock star, uh, like, GTA-type villain, where he's just kind of crazy and causing problems and... He was mm-hmm. so good in that game, but I honestly didn't really remember him that much. Yeah. And I feel like you could play two and not know anything about him from the first game, and it would be equally as compelling. Yeah. So I, like, forgot. I almost kind of forgot he was yeah, from the I first game, to, if I'm being honest. I had to keep refreshing myself as I was playing Red Dead 2. Like, it was weird like, to... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was strange to go back and watch clips from the first game and see him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's the same voice Did you watch, too. like, the movie edited version on YouTube? I watched just a lo- all the cutscenes. I didn't finish it, but I watched a lot of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, that helped a lot. Because my problem was is that we didn't, uh, we had it on Xbox 360 and our Xbox 360 broke, so I hadn't played it yeah. in a long time. So that's why I had to refresh myself a lot. But yeah, a lot of the characters that are in Red Dead Redemption are, um, they're introduced in Red Dead 2. And like, it's yeah. the whole progression. And Arthur is kind is Dutch's kind of secondhand man. Uh, well, basically, and uh, as uh, the gang progresses and like goes through all these adventures, uh-huh. you see Dutch kind of get conflicted between like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, and it's just a his growth is like one of the most compelling character arcs I've like ever witnessed in a game or maybe even a movie. I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, because it's just so... It's so unique, honestly. Yeah. And, and I've ta- seen a lot of Westerns. It's yeah. such a unique story. And it takes its time, and it like progresses so naturally. Oh, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, that's like... I could kind of complain about that, but I'll get to that later. But I'm just going to talk about the goods with the story right now. Um, uh, but with him, it's fascinating. Because usually, like in a game or a movie, the person you see as a protagonist is either the person who is the leader of the group you're following them or you're following a person who's like an underdog in the group and this one underdog's john and then you have you know dutch as the leader but it's like weird because it's like you're just kind of playing the second the number two it'd be like yeah it'd be like if a star trek this is gonna you're not gonna get this but it's gonna be like if a star trek the next generation game came out and you play it as like 
Riker instead of Picard or something. Uh, actually, which seems, that would actually probably that's I think probably, that would make sense because because Riker he's is like younger. a younger character, right? Yeah, that's probably a bad example. Picard's like, an old man. It would be, <laughs> or how about it would be like you would play as um, like Jordy instead of of Riker. Stupid, bad example because <laughs> all those characters are very capable of being main. But anyways, um, not talking about Star Trek. Um, no, it's just it's kind of interesting to play someone in that position because they're never really you never focus on someone in that kind of social dynamic in groups of movies or games it's always like the underdog yeah. or the leader it's like one extreme or the other and this one like goes in between and it's kind of weird to see it works I think that's out. I think that's why it was unique because we don't really see many stories from the perspective of someone yeah. like that with that kind of influence in a group although people. I will say you can tell that like in the group uh, which is such a great ensemble of characters yeah. they they res- they respect Arthur a lot. Yeah, he's like he's a not father the leader. Figure, yeah, yeah. Um, he's so like, he's like the wise old man, but he's kind. Of, I, he almost comes across. I remember the first time I started playing, I was like kind of worried he was gonna be like dumb. Like it seemed like he came across as dumb at one point, and I was like, uh, but then it was like he's not at all. It's just literally like he's not like educated but he's like really smart socially yeah and like it's kind of like book smart not street smart kind of thing or street smart not book smart kind of dynamic uh, and i was worried they were going to go too far with that but they didn't at all it was an early concern and it was faded quickly uh, but yeah it's great um it's one of the better stories i've ever experienced in a game not mm-hmm. the best but definitely one of the most compelling um and in terms yeah. of gameplay and like the length is where my issue comes in. Um, I had no problem at all with it. I, um, I honestly couldn't stop playing it. Like yeah. I didn't want it to end really. Yeah, it was like, it's kind of tough because for me, it's like I didn't really want the story to end, but like the game was so long that at a point I was like. I stopped doing side stuff just to continue the story because I didn't care. And it wasn't like I want to get this over with. I genuinely wanted to see what was happening next in the story. But I knew that if I kept doing other things, like it was going to be like a 200-hour long game. And I didn't want to waste time doing anything else. So I only did the story after a certain amount Mm -hmm. of time. And then afterwards, you know, you can do all your side stuff and go free roam mode and stuff. But like that was the weird thing as opposed to the first game where I didn't want to do anything besides the story. Yeah. And that could be a compliment cause it was like, it's so good. I didn't want to stop doing the story, but mm-hmm. it was also like, because it went on so long, it's like, I can't waste time doing anything else, you know? Yeah. So it's like this weird thing where it's more, it's super subjective. Um, well, I've been going back, um, I've I've gone back to the game. I've I started replaying it, and I decided that I was going to um, do more of the side uh, mission stuff, yeah. which was interesting because there was a lot that that I missed before because I was yeah. so focused on I got so focused on the story that yeah. I missed all the other interesting stuff. And it's a there's like a stupid amount of detail too. Um, there is. I can't like, imagine being a writer for this game. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of them, I'm sure. Um, and I don't, we don't have to say in case no one's played it, just to, not to spoil the epilogue and like what happens at the end. Right. Um, but I thought that was really cool how they handled that and um, just the amount of stuff you can do in the game and is like insane. And um, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely like something I would call a masterpiece. A, l- a lot of people, um, 
there was a lot of complaints with it, which in this day and age is expected. I don't think any game is going to come out and like floor everyone. I feel like every, everyone wants to be a critic nowadays. Right. So everything is going to be, well, it was too long, you know, and whatever. Um, Except for, like, Breath of the Wild was probably the exception. It seemed like everyone thought that was, like, perfection. Except for now, <laughs> people are trying to, you know... Kinda... Except for you, you didn't even have it in your top five. <laughs> it almost was. It was so <laughs> close. But, um, but yeah, it's. I think it's really great. And it's it's in, It's in. probably in, like, my top five best stories in games, like with um, the Mass Effect trilogies, you know, Blade, Last of Us, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good, uh, so... Yeah, and I I will say, like, okay, so I have seen the Nakey Jakey video on Red Dead 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Nick, there's a YouTuber called Nakey Jakey, and he's got a video on YouTube that's, uh, it's got quite a few million views. Yeah. Uh, it's got a very kind of clickbaity title saying that, Rockstar's game design is outdated. I yeah, think. and yeah. it's got like Red Dead Two on the on the thumbnail. Yeah. and I finally watched it. I avoided it for so long. It's I actually want... really good. It is because what he uh, what his criticism of the game is that like Red Dead Two was kind of promoted as this like open world game where like you could do anything, uh-huh. and he kind of shows a few examples of how that's not exactly true. Yeah, and how Rockstar kind of kind of still holds your hand a little bit it, in the game. I agree to the point where it's like when you're doing if you you could almost turn this into two games. You could like have two separate discs with this game. Yeah. Well, I mean there are two discs, but I'm speaking like in a metaphorical sense. You could have one like let's go in a different world where this game was like a linear game and you only take the story elements from this game there's no open world there's no side missions it's just you play the story missions and it would yeah. just be like a solid like single player you know play through it kind of game um and then there's the other aspect where it's still trying to be this huge open world and i think that's where i agree with this video where it's like you're doing the story but you don't really get to experience the open world as much as you would want to because yeah the way the story plays out it is very scripted and it is i remember that being a frustration a few times right um where it was like i would walk off the path once and it would be like oh they got away restart and i was like that's (laughs) kind of lame uh but i mean when you want to construct such a detailed story you kind of have to do that i feel like there's ways they could have avoided doing that but i think if you want to tell a really specific story, you kind of have to make your story missions linear. Um, like an example with Breath of the Wild, you can do the story how in pretty much any order you want, but they sacrificed like a good story to make that happen. Gotcha. <laughs> like it was a very generic yeah. story, but it's a great open world game. Yeah. And Rockstar is like has the the core of a great open world game, but it it's it it's wants you to experience late. the story the way it wants you to so like yeah. you're not really able to do that yeah um, and then there's other things like side uh like easter eggs where like i think he mentioned i think jake mentioned that um he there's something in a building out of town uh that there was some sort of thing going up in this building that he really wanted to check out and then uh, he found out, like when he when he tried to like cut corners and like get to that place, uh, nothing special would happen. Yeah. And he found out that the only way to make something happen was to do what the game wanted you to do, yeah. basically. Like, and uh, so that you was have a to complaint. Trigger events from certain spots. And, right. Yeah. And although like that is true and kind of 
I think why I just enjoy the first one as a video game more. It doesn't like hold it back in its entirety for me because I'm like, well, I still like had an insane experience with the story and like mm -hmm. it had to craft it very like intricately and you had to do it a certain way. But I'm like, I can't really see how they could have done that good of a story with and made it flow like it did without uh, doing it that way. So it's kind of yeah. hard when to like. Yeah. And I it, think it's, it's cool, but it's it's very conflicting with what kind of game it wants to be. Yeah. But I mean, you can still like, but then like I can also argue it's like, well then just go do side missions and enjoy the open world, and you can do that still. It's not like you can't. It's just in terms of the story mode. But you know, there's a lot of side missions with a lot of depth too, so it kind of balances out. I feel like. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much; it's a little overwhelming. Um, and I think it's also just a, a matter of personal taste yeah um because this is one of the main things why i could never get into skyrim there oh. was just it was just too open world and yeah. too too much stuff too many possibilities yeah that like See, I, I just love that i was I just not that. interested i'm like i need like a set goal or whatever, which you, I know you can set goals for yourself, but you I would hate I Breath need... of the Wild. <laughs> Breath of the Wild literally throws you out and says, "Go kill Ganon," well, I don't know. and Breath then you have the... to figure out what to do. Breath... <laughs> well, Breath of the Wild also just looks better. Yeah. I always thought that Skyrim looked kind of ugly, yeah. but um, but you know, I, I know yeah, I just offended a lot of people, but <laughs> I like I, I, like I think Skyrim that I could enjoy Breath of the Wild because it has an, a great atmosphere, and I might have fun exploring things. It's but... one of those games where you can just walk around and like look at things and not. Which is fine, but fun. I think for me, and it, and I, and this was the case for me with Red Dead Redemption Two when I played it, was that I would be looking for like the, I would be going to the next mission. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing a whole lot of like veering off the path. Sometimes I would. Sometimes I'd be yeah. messing around if I, if I was in the mood. Yeah. But I think uh, Jake uh, was more like, I want to be able to do whatever I want, and yeah. I'm like, I need to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's totally like up to what kind of you know play style you want and yeah. for me i think the reason i felt that with this game was because i was it kind of came ar out around the same time as breath of the wild didn't it sort of because i remember it came out like last year i remember like around october maybe not around the same time uh because breath of the wild is like at least a couple years old at this point i can't remember man it's yeah time's breath of the wild fine, had been out for a little while yeah but i remember just people were kept comparing them for some reason i'm like they're really not similar games at all um like yeah they're both open world and yeah that, yeah that's it <laughs> well i mean uh one thing that i love about red dead 2 and about like a lot of other rockstar games is and i, and I saw a video about this mm -hmm. of how rockstar doesn't really care about like um how do i word this they they're not afraid of you just like doing nothing in yeah. the game. How m most games, even like other open world games, will they'll like place things here and there just so that they don't lose your attention, you know? Yeah. And Rockstar isn't afraid of that at all because like the world is just beautiful and massive and like yeah. you could do whatever you want you could go look for herbs you could yeah, and go thing, hunting or whatever and they don't put a marker on like everything it, it kind of encourages you to like explore yourself like there's there were genuine moments of like exploration where things just happened and i was like whoa this is crazy like i remember i found um and, and 
so I know we were criticizing this a lot, and it sounds like we hate it, but I, I still love <laughs> this game a lot. And, yeah. um, and I mean, Clifford's like a second favorite game ever. So, But, I mean, even my most favorite game of all time that I'll talk about later has issues. Um, no game has without its issues. But I remember there was a moment I'll, I'll tell two quick stories and then if you have any and then maybe well we can. you can tell two stories and then we'll go on break okay so we had we had i had a, a moment where i found this house and i think you guys were over like i remember you chandler it was at the old house and i was playing it uh, in front of you all guys and i think you're there i don't remember i know chandler was there at least and i found this house in the wild and i was just exploring i was like oh i'm gonna go in here and it was uh it ended up being this like weird couple who were like cannibals or something or oh, they were like yeah. it was like an incest couple who i think they were cannibals it was something weird <laughs> like that and i just got into this crazy situation and like yeah. out of nowhere i was on a quest or anything i just went in this house and this whole thing played out yeah and it was crazy and um and yeah, maybe, I, I can't remember that. if they were cannibals or not but like it was like you had dinner with them and like then you wake up passed out and i like made a vendetta to go find the house again and kill them yeah and then there was another moment where um i found this house and was just kind of looking through it and some people came in and i killed them and stuff and i found a trap door and i found this journal of this guy and it was a dude who was like super racist and was a slave owner and stuff yeah. and was really abusive and I was reading through his journal and I remember Arthur literally goes like oh my god like while reading it <laughs> no yeah I and I was that. like I'm gonna find this guy and you go <laughs> you find the guy and you because I think you were doing something for him I can't remember yeah but it was just like a random guy I ran into and I went to his house and found that journal and then I went back and you like throw his crap at him and Arthur's like you're a horrible man or whatever and yeah. then he just uh -huh. sits there crying that. and you can leave but I decided to tie him up and put him on the fire and light him on fire oh my God. and then i had my and then i had my horse poop on him oh i gosh. let my horse sit there i think i just let him sit in his misery <laughs> <laughs> I, I let my i took my horse over him and waited for like 20 minutes and uh my horse pooped on him on his Jeez. burning corpse <laughs> so it Good was just Lord. funny it was like one of those game it was like one of those video game moments where it's like i'm just gonna do something stupid yeah you know? and these are things that like I mean, there are some things that, like, affect... Because there's the whole honor system that can definitely affect the, the storyline. And that's what I love, because there's, like, there's like four different endings to the game. Because yeah. it depends on, like, how you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Like, if you uh, do dishonorable things, like kill innocent people or yeah. whatever, your dishonor will go down, and that'll affect, like who you are as a person and like how the story goes for you because mm -hmm. Arthur is going to start reacting in a negative way because yeah. that's how you've been playing and so you're going to get a you're going to get a different kind of an ending yeah. to the story but if you're all good I think there's like two possible endings depending on got, like, your the, choices the best one quote unquote yeah I did, I did two um, but I looked on YouTube and like saw what the other yeah same endings were but um but yeah there's like all those like so many like random things i remember there's um there's this building that you like small building that you find in the middle of the woods that uh it looks like a like it could have been a schoolhouse or a church but you go inside and it's like a row of like seats um, or wait, or, or maybe they're tables. I can't remember. But yeah. sitting at all of them is a bunch of skeletons. Hmm. And then at the 
at the at the end of the room there's this big table with like food at it and another skeleton just oh. sitting there I don't think I ever found this. And there was like a note saying there that like we are, it was like some, it turned out to be some sort of cult thing. Like a suicide pact thing? Yeah, some sort of like weird, but it was, it's so interesting, all the random things that like you find some sort of house in the middle of the woods and a bear comes to attack you. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, your phone is going off a lot. I thought I put it on mute, but. Um, But yeah, that's what's cool about uh, games like that is when there is so much stuff like a lot of people will find things that someone else doesn't so like you're talking about it's like oh I found this house with this it's like oh I never found that well I did this and, <laughs> you know so it's kind of cool that like I've never seen that or heard of it so it's kind of cool that it's like oh so I, you know it's there's a lot more out there to find than you know you think so I, I like when games have that kind of uh, vibe to it where right. it's fun to talk about and everyone kind of experiences things in a different way with the story not so much but the open world still offers enough to where it's like oh man like did you do this did you find that or find yeah. this person and stuff did so, you find the dinosaur bones so I was glad it had moments like that because that's that's what made things like um, when Skyrim came out at least um, there was a lot of stuff like that in Breath of the Wild and whatnot. It's, that's the good aspect to open world games whereas that's where things like Assassin's Creed, at least the newer ones, fail because all the side stuff is all like repeated and the same. So like when you talk about someone, like everyone's done it. You know, yeah. we know like what you're gonna do if you go and explore. But then things like this, they make intricate storylines and side things and little weird things for you to find that someone else definitely won't. It's not just twenty thousand side quests of go <laughs> kill this rabbit for this person and bring them back the pelt or go here and you know it's Right. It's really like you don't know what to expect, and I, that's what I think most games should go for if they want to be open world. So yeah. I think it succeeds in that, even though we criticized it a lot. But yeah, I mean, good game. Yeah, I mean, no game is going to be perfect, and there are going to be things that like that you wish it were this way or yeah. that way. But I, I personally love the game. I really struggled with whether it was going to be my number two or my number one, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. I, I love it very much. And uh, right now we're going to go to break. Break. So, see you in a bit. What am I going to do now? Be grateful that for the first time, you see your life clearly. Sure. Perhaps you could help somebody. Helping makes you really happy. (sighs) But... I still don't believe in nothing. (laughs) Often, neither do I. But then, I meet someone like you, and everything makes sense. (laughs) You're too smart for me, sister. (laughs) I guess I... I'm afraid. There is nothing to be afraid of, Mr. Morgan. Take a gamble that love exists and do a loving act. All aboard! I shall try. I know you will. Stand on the Hello, everyone. 
This is Dr. Peterson. I wanted to say that I've been enjoying listening to the Podwood Forecast podcast. Clifford and Mitchell have a lot of interesting things to say. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review Bucko. It's a darn good podcast. Okay, we're back. Hello. Hey, thanks for Pepsi for sponsoring this show. Yeah, man. This re- we've come a long way. They're like weirdly <laughs> easy to get a sponsorship from. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess they must be desperate. So whatever. I've thanks. actually had a, a a recent like hankering for Pepsi. I don't know what it is. It is good. But wow, it really sounds like we're actually sponsored by yeah, them now. <laughs> it does. But I'm like, I don't know. I never really cared for Pepsi before, but now like the taste has been appealing. Nothing to beats me. that millennial depression like a crisp Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that Pepsi is better than Coca Cola. But um I mean Coca Cola's decent, but it's too acidic. It like hurts. It feels feel... like I'm drinking lava. I like Pepsi because it's like Coke without melting your teeth. Right. And I like that. I f- and I also like it because it's sweeter. Yeah. I think it has a sweeter taste to it. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, video games. <laughs> now we're, we're done with that. We really should have been talking about Mountain Dew for the video game episode. Yeah, true. So uh, we are now on to your number two, All Mitchell. Right. So, um, so my number two and... Maybe you won't expect this one. I mean, you've never, you probably don't know much about it. Um, but I have mentioned He's it a couple times to I'm you. Dumb. So we, yeah. <laughs> so we will see. But um, so it was hard for me to choose if I wanted my number two to be my number two or three, and they kind of switched around. And like I said in the first yeah. episode, like my my two, three, four, and five could probably interchange at any moment. But I, I'm still feeling good about my order right now. A mm-hmm. day like a few days later so that's a good sign yeah but my number two is uh metroid prime oh okay the first one yeah even though i think all three are like really great and almost as good as each other like it's the most consistent trilogy of games i've ever played in my life um yeah but uh the first one specifically i still think just is the most solid of the Mm -hmm. three um but metroid is a a really really interesting series for me i think it's nintendo's most like potentially insanely amazing series but they just like don't make games for it. <laughs> it's, it's not really a Nintendo-y kind of It's It's I not guess. Nintendo-y at all, but it is like a core Nintendo IP. Visually, yeah. it's like very Nintendo-like, but thematically, it, I mean, it's inspired by Alien. Yeah. Uh, and literally the enemy, Ridley, the um, the dragon is named after Ripley, Scott. And, uh, oh. Yeah, it's like intentional. And the Metroids in the game, which are little alien creatures that suck your brains, they like hatch from eggs like the aliens. And it, like yeah. it's very alien-inspired, and very, which is probably why I liked it so much when I first played it. Because it reminded me of that. And I was like, this has to be intentional. And it was. Yeah. Or, I, I, I feel dumb now because I just said that Ridley was named after Ripley, but Ridley Scott was the director, so... 
Yeah, I thought that's what you stupid. were saying. So that's what I probably meant, but I went with Ripley, the character from Alien, but it was, he's named after Ridley Scott, obviously. I think that's what you said. I said uh, I said that he was named after Ripley. No, uh, but uh, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. you just misheard me. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Literally, the enemy, Ridley, the, um, the dragon is named after Ripley, Scott, and... Oh. Um, but no, uh, brain fart moment. But it's it's a really really great series, especially because of how like weirdly mature and kind of twisted it is, and not even like a a kid friendly way. Like the Super Metroid was like an old game, and I have it boxed. It's like my prized game possession, and you start that game off by seeing a bunch of like dead bloody people on the floor and stuff. But it was like a kid's game kind of. It's like oh, it's I weird. Love it. it like pushed <laughs> being a kid's game to its boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it rated teen? I don't think it was, because huh. um, it's really not that violent. There's this violent themes and like dark themes, but it's not like gory yeah. or anything. Or there's no swearing, and there's hardly any dialogue really. But because be really you're funny. very isolated and alone most of the games and it's just exploring weird worlds that you don't know anything about and um the first metroid prime game is easily even better than 64 mario 64 i don't know why i said 64 expecting why people would know what that means <laughs> better than mario 64 better than ocarina of time i think it transitioned a 2d series into 3d in the best way possible, I think yeah. it's the best example of 2D to 3D because mm. it's literally the same game, and they managed to translate the gameplay style and feel and navigation like perfectly. Like it just feels like Super Metroid but 3D. It's like crazy how they were able to manage that. Yeah. Because um, you know, with Mario 64, like they changed the fundamentals of how a Mario game works. It, was, it wasn't just left to right and get coins. It was like, oh, there's you collect certain things you go to different levels. it's like there's an overworld like it was a, almost a completely new genre yeah and with zelda it went from uh it was still really similar but it still had to change up a lot of the gameplay designs from the 2d ones to fit a 3d environment mm-hmm. and with metroid you think they would have to sacrifice a lot but it is literally every like game design element to an extent is like perfectly translated to 3d yeah um and it's it's just insane and the game especially visually is still holds up shockingly well for a gamecube game in the early 2000s like it looks great and there was always these details that blew my mind i remember i played it for the first time as a kid and it blew my mind because if you look up when it's raining like you're seeing through her visor and you can see raindrops on the visor or if you charge up your shot in a dark area and you shoot it the light you'll see like your character's eyes like you'll see samus's eyes like reflect in her visor for a second oh it's like there's this detail like that that's like super unnecessary but so cool and it's like this is like like games today don't do things like that yeah that are i mean some games like do i mean now but i mean some of those things you just kind of take for granted for games these days but just like details like oh like looking up and seeing rain hit your visor or seeing your face reflection when you shoot something and it's bright and it, it's just details that like make sense in real life, but have, were never really implemented in games. And that was like one of the first games I played where I noticed like, wow, they put a lot of like, it was the first time I, as a kid where I actually thought about 
making a game, like what the process of it was like. Cause I yeah. was like, Whoa, like they had to like design that to happen. Yeah. Like, they had to model like her face. And there was even a moment where there's like a little mirror reflection thing and you can see your character and stuff. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, Whoa. Cause like I, I was used to like Call of <laughs> Duty one and like medal of honor. It's like, you can't like, you know, it was first person, but like, you know, you would go in front of a mirror and there's nothing there, you know, it was, this was a game that like did something like <laughs> Do that. Do I exist? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's such an old game too. And it's just crazy how well it holds up. And yeah. a lot of people don't like the controls cause it's first person, but you don't control your view with the right stick. It, it, it sounds weird to, it's weird to explain how it works, but I think for the kind of game it is, it works perfectly. And it kind of is like a Zelda thing where you lock on and it'll like lock on to yeah. enemies and like turn you and stuff. But there's also the Wii version where you can aim with like the Wiimote. And I think that actually works a little better. Hmm. Some people don't like it cause some people are against any form of motion control, but it's like so simple. It's just aiming a remote to aim and it like right. works perfectly like it, it doesn't feel like i'm uh motion controls like there are motion controls that i hate yeah and i'm i prefer them not to exist but this is one of those examples where i felt like it actually works yeah because so many games they just don't translate well yeah it, and it's like it, they i feel like the, the wemo thing works too um and like with nintendo now they do a lot of gyro aiming thing things with their controls um and that's like the best way to combat like mouse and keyboard mm -hmm. you know for consoles because like you know aiming with the stick in first person is kind of annoying sometimes in this game it's like you have lock on or the wiimote version is like you aim it you know you don't have to yeah. use a stick so i i feel like for first person it was like really great and it's just did a lot of interesting innovative things for the time and it has um i've decided this within like the past few months but i think for sure, it's like my favorite game soundtrack of all time. Yeah, it's super atmospheric and memorable, and, and not even necessarily like melody wise. It's just like creates. It's one of those game soundtracks. I'm not some guy who's like sitting around listening to game music all day, but if I'm bored and like want some interesting background music, that's like the go-to soundtrack for me. It's just really yeah. atmospheric and interesting and like peaceful. And then some of them are like creepy, and but some yeah. are like delightful and. <laughs> um, and they match the environments super well. And um, the way the game does a lore is kind of similar to... This is probably a weird comparison. It's similar to Dark Souls where it's like, you can get lore and story if you want, or you can just ignore it. Because mm. in this game, you can like scan everything you see and it'll give you lore about it. You see a dead body, you scan it. It's like, oh, looks like his head was fractured and caused severe drama to the brain, causing death. Or you can scan another dead body and it's like, oh, lacerations to the neck. And you kind of like, it gives you context right for like what happened. And <laughs> well, that's a bad example of lore. You can also like look at um, creatures you see and it'll tell you about the creature and why it lives there. You see mm. like a certain place and it tells you why that plant grows there, what it does, and it tells you more about the world you're on and like what the plant's used for or something. And yeah. even though you can't actually do anything with it, it's just there. You can scan it if you want or whatever. Um, so it's kind of a way to we can you can voluntarily build the world if you want, or you can continue to know nothing about it the whole time if you want. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. Um, and as I've gotten older, I enjoy learning more about the worlds now. But as a kid, yeah. I just skipped it all because I was like video game and I had fun with it. And now it's like, well, I know the game now, so let's like try and scan and learn as much as I can because it's really fascinating and it actually does kind of meld a really interesting story if you 
go for it. And it's kind of like how it is with Dark Souls. You can or Bloodborne. You can ignore it and not know anything that's going on, or you can read the long descriptions for all the items you find. It's kind of like that. It's like reading yeah. descriptions for, and it tells you like about the item and who used it for what and why it's relevant to the world and stuff. And that's yeah. why a lot of people either say, oh, Bloodborne is a lame story, or some people think it's like the best story ever because they took the time to learn. Hmm. It's kind of like that same context. Not really Metroid. much of a story, but more like world building. Yeah, but, world um, building is a better way to put it. Because um, yeah. the story for Metroid Super Simple, Metroid Prime is simple. It's like, oh, you get here and you need to like get off this planet and kill these things it's like it's pretty basic but there's yeah. so much depth surrounding it that i kind of like that design for stories sometimes yeah um, for games like this and like nintendo and stuff works great i think simplicity surrounded by really complicated context is really cool because mm -hmm. it's like you always know what's going on but you can learn more and you but you won't ever be confused but you can still feel right, like you're yeah. getting a lot you know and i think that's kind of cool yeah, it doesn't really affect the total opposite of way. metal gear solid which is like my favorite series so it's kind of contradictory but i mean i like both styles a oh, lot yeah. i'm really versatile with the kind of uh story um, elements i like in my games but it's just it's really fun it's hard it's really hard hmm. to figure out what you need to do uh i got lost so much as a kid and i I was really proud to have beaten it without using a guide, but it's one of those mm. games like if I guarantee you probably wouldn't know what to do because you probably I don't think you've ever played a Metroidvania type game. The only Metroid game that I ever remember playing was it was a demo on a Nintendo DS, and all oh, I remember about it it was pro it was probably Prime Hunters. Was it the weird first person? Was it a first person? Well, I remember rolling around as a ball. Okay, it was prime. <laughs> the only DS Metroid on DS was Prime Hunters, and that was like basically just a tech demo. It wasn't really a full fleshed out game ever. Gotcha. It had a campaign, but it was kind of lackluster, and it had like it was mainly known for like its multiplayer mode, I think, or something. Okay. It's good. I own it, um, but I, it's not great. It's, yeah. it's pretty just like it's I wasn't it's, too it's a impressed. tech it's just a tech demo to really show what the DS could do. That's how I see it, and I yeah. kind of think that's all it was. Because the DS wasn't really known for being like a full 3D visual system, uh, mm -hmm. but it did like Mario 64 remake and that, and I think they were just trying to show off what it could do. Yeah. Um, but the original, yeah, that's like that's like super average Metroid game yeah. stuff right there. But the first Prime is like it's just thinking of the level design and how much intent and uh, f just focus had to go into designing the world making sure everything connects right making sure that you naturally kind of know oh i need to go back here now that i have this thing and a lot of people hate backtracking in the metroid games but i mean i think it's cool to revisit places you've been and be able to do something else there now that you have something new and you get familiar yeah. with this world and it's like oh this is my little home like oh yeah i'm back here i know this place and <laughs> It hey doesn't. Guys, it doesn't feel redundant. You're still shooting me, but yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> but it, I think it's just one of the best designed games, uh, and has my favorite gaming soundtrack, and just does a lot right. And it's so light on story. It's like my top five is really up and down with the style. Like I have a, a JRPG. I have a really story heavy based stealth game with yeah. hours of cutscenes. I have a game with like no story. That's puzzles and shooting and uh, you know it's like it's kind of i never really think about how diverse my tastes are but um metroid is like a perfect example of almost ideal game design for me yeah and i, I and it 
I can say I think my two and one are similar in certain aspects, which in a way that probably won't make sense to people. But to me talking about now, I'm like, oh, no wonder like my two and one are this way because they have a lot of similarities in their themes and their design and their world building and stuff. I think I like mm-hmm. subtlety a lot. Yeah. Um, although I do love in-your-face cutscenes and stuff like that, like Metal Gear and whatnot, I think it's really awesome when world building is subtle and you can kind of learn for it yourself because it simulates you being there yourself in a way and you kind of figure it out for yourself as if you were the one, like, finding out what like what would you do if you're on this world, you know? It's right. it's not like a cutscene's going to happen and someone's going to tell you what's happening. It's like you have to figure out what's happening here yourself, and if you miss <laughs> well, something, fine. you missed it. And I think that's what's kind of exhilarating about Prime for me is... Um, and I feel like I've barely talked about the gameplay, but um, just I love that aspect of it. And the gameplay itself is amazing, of course, too. I think it's the only first-person game I've played where platforming isn't a nightmare. Yeah. Because it does this really smart thing where when you jump like it aims your camera down so you see where you're going whereas like a lot of first person games you know you just it's like I can't see and this one it like automatically will like is this clever I don't it sounds stupid to try and describe it but they thought of so many things that were never done before ever and they like nailed it on their first attempt and it just kind of blows my mind (laughs) that they were able to take a game like Metroid Super Metroid specifically and translate it perfectly to 3d where a lot of games were kind of struggling to emulate how they felt in 2d yeah um and i loved metroid growing up so i th- i think that's why it has a that strong place in my heart because i just remember it was like the first time i thought about game design hmm. and building a game and uh it was also the first time i wanted to look up a soundtrack on youtube after where like, hmm. i was like whoa so that's kind did of the you, that's kind of the gist of it did you ever have uh, was Samus ever a video game crush for you? Not really, because you never really see her. I, no. I, I was one of the kids who thought Samus was a guy for a long time. Well, yeah. Wh- which one was it that they revealed that it, it was, was a actually girl? the NES, the very first game? You could, oh, um, okay. If you beat the game or like did a cheat code or something, you could play the game with her without her suit. And but she had like green hair and a pink suit, and it was weird. But oh. she's been a girl from the start. Okay. And it's actually funny because I think even people at Nintendo didn't know because there's like interviews and maybe they're doing it to be manipulative, but there's like things of them like saying he and, Oh, he's the, you know, hero and stuff. So I feel like even people at Nintendo didn't know, but maybe they were just trying to be tricky, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, she's always been a girl. And I think the first time you see her, how she looks today was in super Metroid probably, or, um, but I don't think you see her, outside of her suit in the first Metroid Prime game, but you can, like, see her mm. face, like, when yeah. it lights up, and there's, like, you know, so it, it's Did, pretty obvious, but you never, like, see her, so I never really got, like, I wasn't attracted to, like, the suit, you know, I couldn't really <laughs> see her that much, so yeah. I, but I always thought she was, like, But, oh, man, Samus on, uh, Samus on Super Smash Bros. Style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those jet-propelled, no, no Samus. jet-propelled, propelled, jet-propelled <laughs> high heels. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> she is the worst to fight on Smash Bros. Oh, really? I I always have a... No, she's fun there. to play as, but, like, fighting against her with people who are really oh, good with her, okay. she's, gotcha. like, a nightmare. I, I hate her. <laughs> 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 but, no, she's cool, but she she's, like, a Barbie doll, you know? It's, like... But she's, a, but she's a BA. I'm more of, like, a She's Palutena. a bad butt I'm more of, like, Barbie a, doll. a Zelda or Palutena kind of person. Oh, you okay. Know what I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, like, what actual video game crushes I had. If I'm I trying had to, I don't even know if I had any. Probably I had a probably man. Flora from Spyro. Oh yeah. Um 
Uh, I feel like I had one at least somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Um, I can't remember her name, but it was the girl, the love interest in Ratchet and Clank, Up Your Arsenal. And then Whoa. also Angela from the second game. Okay. I liked all the Ratchet those. and Clank people. And then I had like a man crush on Ratchet. So <laughs> I just liked everyone in Ratchet and Clank a lot for some so reason. So inclusive. And also, um, uh, the the cop the fox cop from Sly Cooper. Of course. <laughs> That's <laughs> closet for it's okay. Is that what started your whole fox thing? No. Okay. No, I think the fox thing actually started from a, Mitchell has a thing for foxes. I think it started from No, that's that's not early enough. I was about to say Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I mean, I liked them before. I don't no. know. I think probably just like books as a kid. I read. And when I say he has a thing for foxes, he just really likes foxes. They're just a cool animal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> not like a thing. <laughs> yeah. May or may not Probably be. Star Fox, actually, if I'm being honest, because the N64 one. Star Fox was a very attractive fox. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, that's, uh, that's my little spiel on Metroid Prime. Yeah. I, I Thank you for you. educating me. I think you should try and play it someday. I'm curious to see. I just don't have anything to play it on, though. It's true, yeah. Well, Let me come play over someday and sometime. play it here. But I, or I'll watch you play it. And yeah. that'll be it. Honestly, watching people play a game can be enough for... Yeah. I mean, that's why Bloodborne, Like, even though I've hardly played any percentage of it, mm-hmm. I've seen so much gameplay of it. That, yeah. You know, like, I was going to buy the new... I'm a poser. I was going to buy Untitled Goose Game, because it... I probably still will at some point, but I watched someone play the whole thing that oh, I feel yeah. like I don't need to now because it was so fun yeah. and hilarious to watch. And I'm like, well, I know how I haven't watched it. any yet, but I plan yeah. to. It looks it, like it's really fun, but now that I've seen, like, I mean, it would probably still be fun to play, like, myself and experience it, but it was, it's, I feel like that's a prime example of one of those games where if you watch it, you probably don't need to play it. Yeah. Um, but it's hilarious. It's seriously hilarious. It's like. <laughs> It seems like it. It's like a goat simulator kind of thing. It's actually like, I want to even compare it to that because this is actually like really smartly designed. It's like a puzzle stealth game almost, (laughs) but it's really funny. It's like goofy, but it actually has like a goal and like things you do. And it's like, it's really like, I was, I expected to just be like goat simulator where you just screw around and there's no point, but it's like, it's actually a game. (laughs) And I was like really surprised. And it's like, looks like a good game too so i was impressed so that's your number one yeah (laughs) (laughs) the goose game even though i've never played it i just watched it It was like favorite game all time yeah that was how good it was anyways enough of that i don't care about that time for your number one for my number one are you excited I'm, i'm so excited to talk about this do it because i grew up with this i know what it is um I grew up with, I started playing it when I was like maybe 11 or 12. Um, but I, I was, a, I was afraid that I had given myself away a little bit when I texted you that one day when I was like, are we, are we allowing PC games? Oh yeah. Cause this is a, this is a PC game. I figured it would be like your number two or something. Cause I remember you mentioning it was one at time first. that you thought Red Dead was your number one. So I was like, oh, Red Dead's number I one. I mean, yeah. Well, Red Dead 2 is definitely my favorite console yeah. game. But, but this PC game, definitely counts. I mean, there's tons of like games that were only on PC back in the day that are like considered like legendary, right. like, iconic games. So yeah, like World of Warcraft or whatever. Some people would yeah. dare say that PC games are the only valid form of video. Yeah, games. some people. <laughs> so 
I mean, I was that for a while, but that's only because like that's all I had for a while. I, I even played PC games as a kid before we got like a PS One and a Super Nintendo. So technically, yeah. PC is my first gaming thing. Yeah. I think um, PC I played, game like, representation. I played like Microsoft Flight Simulator a lot, and uh, <laughs> I played the Mist. Oh, which I never beat. I always wanted I was to play that. A young yeah. child. And it was so it's confusing. Like, it's like a puzzle game, right? Yeah, it's like a point and click first person, weird, figure out where to go thing. Yeah, I it's, in, to it's play incredible. It, I, I could probably say that's at least in my top like 20 games. It's. I nice. think it's incredible. I love it. I want to revisit it. But, anyways, anyways back to so number one. My number one is a, it's a strategy game from early 2000s, exactly 2000, I think. Uh, Stronghold. Ah, life in the old castle. Happy times them were. The people were all so much friendlier. There was work, of course. Sharpening our minds. is strong. But mainly, I remember it as a happy time. Oh yes, and then there were the neighbors. Wait, from Firefly Studios. Your favorite so. game of all time isn't Peggle Two. What? <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. What is that? It's a stupid puzzle game. Oh, okay. don't worry. It's like a puzzle game as a unicorn. Oh, or like I Spy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I Spy is my favorite game. Wait, your favorite game isn't I Spy for PC? <laughs> Nancy Drew and the um. The final scene. Nancy Drew, That's an actual and the game. prisoner of Azkaban, <laughs> <laughs> featuring the Hardy Boys. Anyways, talk about Stronghold. So Stronghold was a strategy game, and this was around the time when uh, Firefly Studios was kind of like rivals with. Um, I don't know who made the Age of Empires games. Yeah, I was about to say Command and Conquer for some reason, but it was Age of Empires, right? That yeah, they were kind of competing with. Yeah, Wait, what's Command and Conquer? That's something totally different. I don't know. I don't think it's too different. I think Command and Conquer is like strategy, but with like. Was it modern... out around the same time? I think that's an old one too. Yeah. Okay. But I yeah, it was Age of Empires it. that was like kind of the competitor with. Yeah. Like the co competitor. Age of Empires was definitely more popular. Yeah, totally. Um, but. I mean, they're um, still making Age of Empire games right now, I think, right? Are they? I think. I feel like they made like a really crappy like PC or not PC, really crappy like iOS one. I haven't even No, heard maybe anything. that's the Command and Conquer. Stronghold one. is still kind of going. They've is got it? they've got a mobile game out and they oh. every once in a while they'll come out with a sequel. Um, huh. but the original Stronghold. Now, a lot of people who know anything about Stronghold would probably argue that the better game was Stronghold Crusader. Uh-huh. And I understand where they're going with that cuz like Stronghold Crusader definitely was better in terms of like the skirmish mode where you could uh, play you could play against other people, so like uh-huh. you'd be set in a multiplayer map. 
and you'd have your own area where you could build your castle, um, and you could play against other people. Sometimes they were multi multiplayer. I never played multiplayer because I didn't have internet at the yeah. time. Uh, or play against a computer, uh, you know, uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, which, that is a lot of fun. But the reason why I love Stronghold more, um, I think it was the first one. So, the... When I, how I was introduced to Stronghold is that uh, my dad was pastoring a church and they had a game room and they had a mm -hmm. computer there. They had like World of Warcraft, different games, but they had Stronghold. And my friend uh, uh, put it on for me and like I I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, Stronghold, it's such a <laughs> It's such an odd number one for video games. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people will like respect that a lot though, because it's such an uncommon number one that people will be like, "He's cool." Like, yeah, and he, even his number one isn't Mario sixty four. It's <laughs> freaking Stronghold, you know. And even like comparatively, it's not like perfect. It's not a perfect game at all. Yeah, but it definitely it's a product of its time, and I think it was great for its time. Um, but. I just love the atmosphere. So it's it's a medieval times strategy castle building uh, game. But I I will say that my favorite part of, of that game was the uh, the campaign. Yeah. Where it's a it's a great story where you're just the son of a lord who was killed by these um, by this one main lord. But there are like four enemies. There's the rat, the snake, the pig. And the wolf. Those aren't their real names, but that's just like <laughs> their nickname. Yeah. Um, but so you basically have to. The story is, is that you build up like an army uh, just from scratch, yeah. and that kind of story really appeals to me because, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I love like yeah. Robin Hood and all that, and just like totally. rebelling and like building up an army, and eventually you get it where you get to attack the wolf's castle, who is the one who killed your father. And kill him. Spoiler alert, but you know, <laughs> it's like I mean, a, you a might not kill him because it's really hard. <laughs> true, yeah. I mean, it's a game from the '50s, so we don't have to <laughs> we don't have to worry about spoilers. Right? Yeah, true. Um, but it's the reason why it's my number one is because it actually was a very important game for me. Because of music, right? Music is a, a big factor. Yeah. It's basically what introduced me to folk music. Yeah. Um, like I remember during the time I was uh, I was very into like calming like, off, um, like acoustic. I loved acoustic music. Yeah. I loved any music with like, with like flutes in it. Yeah. It was like so calming. Uh, but I'd never like. Uh, focused on folk music a whole lot and mm. I remember playing it at my house and being like what is it mom what is this music like <laughs> it's really interesting style and she's like oh it's like Celtic folk you know nice. and so the next thing I did was that because we didn't have internet is that yeah. I went to the library and I looked in the catalog for Celtic music yeah and I basically checked out anything they had <laughs> and it changed my life and it, it introduced me to like just the broad genre of folk music I still love like Celtic Irish or Scottish uh, music yeah um, but I don't I'm it's weird to say but I, I think without stronghold I probably would have never gotten into Mumford and Sons yeah because you wouldn't have just gotten into the genre in general, so. Right. 
So, and um, also a bit of fun trivia in terms of music for this. Um, this is the game where we actually sampled a sound for Ballad of a Saint. Right? Yeah. So the Anvil hit from Stronghold, we found that sound clip and we sampled it, and we it's in our recording of Ballad yeah. of a Saint. Yeah. Well, we tried to like <laughs> record it ourselves, but it just it just didn't was work. working. Yeah. So I'm like, I I know how I can like get sound bits from. Because I, I remembered you were like, I was like, you used the sound bit from that game in like that old demo you made. I was like. Yeah. Yeah. we need to get that which again. i also for that old demo there like at the beginning in the end there's like uh like bar uh, well not bar but like in uh like atmosphere kind of yeah. you know and that also i took from the game nice and put it in there earlier and stuff we even got some uh f- people a couple ladies from tourists uh, tourists folk, shout out to tourists little folk band here from in town Peoria. To do flutes for it so like a lot of that type of vibe went into some of your music later on yeah uh and like within the past couple years too like pretty recently so it definitely had like a lot of i mean a, a sound bit from that game is in one of our songs so right <laughs> I mean, yeah it definitely had a lasting effect yeah um and uh, it's an amazing soundtrack. Probably, probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you can actually the soundtrack is actually on Spotify. It's oh nice by uh, I wish more game soundtracks are on Spotify. I know, right? Nintendo I think really people are catching on now. But yeah, it's by uh, Robert L. Uvino, and um, there's the soundtracks to like all those games. So like Stronghold, Stronghold Crusader is a great, also a great soundtrack, but it's mostly like. Uh, like Middle Eastern, you know, because it's like during the Crusades. So, yeah. but that is also a great soundtrack. But it's so, the soundtrack to the original is like so memorable. Like Castle Jam, uh, under under, I'm forgetting the names of it. Under an apple tree or under an oak tree. That sounds right to me. I'm most yeah. I'm most likely playing it right now, like under our our talking. But yeah. So soundtrack is great. Um, the storyline is so. Um, like a lot of it is a little outdated because you see like 3D. Um, oh yeah, you old, see like 3D crusty, cut scenes yeah. where uh, like you'll get dialogue from a character and it'll just be like a uh, they're not even moving their mouths really. They're just more like yeah. <laughs> it, 3D wise, it looks decent, but like it still is old a crusty cheap. 3D models are like <laughs> super charming to me though. I, I will, uh, I compare it to the original Age of Empires, and I think Stronghold was actually better. Yeah. Um, even in terms of, like, the layout of when you're actually playing the game, uh-huh. the world looks so great. Like, it looks, uh, um, it looks so green and, like, yeah. like real, not, it doesn't look real, but, like, while, while you're playing it, you're, like, convinced that you're, you're building in another world. I always felt like yeah. the the world graphics in Age of Empires was a little bit too cartoonish. Uh-huh. Um, also, the other thing is like with in terms of like politics when it comes to mm-hmm. um, 
building your your castle and like getting a whole system going it's very it's very detailed where like think little things that you do will affect everything because you have yeah. to you have to appease your your people your peasants you don't want to like tax them too much but you also want to make sure that like you're getting enough food yeah and like your your peasants really love you blah 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 <laughs> and you need like gold in order to like buy uh, like raise your army and get soldiers and such yeah and it's just uh, i think i i always felt like age of empires was a little bit too needlessly complicated yeah um but stronghold i think is detailed enough but also simple enough and very smart yeah. kind of like what we i mentioned earlier about like kind of a simple exterior with like complicated like context surrounding it or uh -huh. it's like you know what you're doing but there's so much to it that it feels like they're it's more complicated than it might actually be right um and that the, and that's not to say that it's like a dumbed down version i just think that means it's more like intentively designed yeah uh, and which i mean you could argue the opposite user friendly. too but yeah yeah user friendly without sacrificing like uh challenge or actual depth of design like you know, right. it makes it understandable but that doesn't mean it's like stupid <laughs> yeah you know? yeah so. and little things can definitely like affect um you know your whole gameplay like if you're if your peasants don't like you and like if there's like no food they're gonna start leaving yeah and you're basically screwed because you don't have any workers to help get more food it's just it's just great how uh, well thought out the whole system was. Yeah, um, it's a genre I wish I had gotten into at a young age. So yeah, I feel Stronghold like, was really the only one. Yeah, I would like. I feel like I would be into more games like that. I remember the first time I tried playing one. Um, I don't remember what game it was. Maybe it was that. Uh, it was some kind of top-down like strategy type game. I tried playing once as a younger kid, and I, I remember not liking it because I was like, I want to be a character on the ground. And yeah. I always liked. I never liked the perspective of like being high up and seeing everything yeah. happening. I was like, I want to be in there. But I've gotten to the point to where like I obviously don't feel that way anymore. But as a kid, like I, it wasn't the style I was into. So I kind of wish I had found a game I liked like that as a kid, so I would have experienced more games like that. Because I'm yeah. all about trying different things with games nowadays um the closest um i've come i feel like to beating like a full like i guess strategy type game and i'm not gonna count like turn-based strategy because it's different like fire yeah. emblem or um you know stuff like that that's not the same uh it's like turn-based like strategy rpg thing but like in yeah. terms of like age of empire and um stuff like that kind of yeah. games uh, castle building strategy yeah level. the closest i've come is pikmin which oh. it's not really the same but it kind of is at the same time like i could argue that's like as close as that's i could argue that's nintendo's take on that genre yeah because it really is like you control a character but you're still like you have your units and you tell them to do things and you have to earn more and it, there's a total influence from that genre in that game and i like love pikmin so i'm like i, I feel like that's like pikmin. the you i feel like you would actually love pikmin i i don't know yeah. why i can see you liking it a lot <laughs> but um i think it's really fun and i think that's like the gateway drug into that genre probably because it's very <laughs> like it's it's not easy actually but it's very easy to understand and um it makes me want to go back and play more games like that like stronghold and stuff because yeah. i feel like now i could get into the idea of like having to pay attention and be careful and be really strategic with the way you raise your village and 
you you know do all this kind of fun stuff and i like games where you manage things like animal crossing where you have to manage your town and make sure villagers are happy and do things like i like <laughs> little micromanage things right so yeah. i feel like i could enjoy games like that now if i tried it but i just never got around to it but it's a genre I, i'm still interested in so yeah for some reason stronghold was really the only one that I played, I never really got into any, because I don't really, it's surprising because I wouldn't consider myself the kind of person that would enjoy that. Yeah. Maybe it's just how easy the, the playability was yeah. with Stronghold compared to other ones. I think, I think with those other games, I think it's because some gamers like to feel a lot more smart. So yeah, they, totally. they try to complicate things. When, like, Stronghold definitely isn't dumb or anything, but I feel yeah. it's a lot more simpler. And, uh, I mean, or, I've or seen a lot of comments where people agree yeah. with that. And I, I can't say because I haven't played it, but I'm just guessing just based off, like, what I've heard of it. Like, if something feels simpler, even though it really isn't, I think you could argue that just means it's more well-designed and it teaches you how to play it better. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not dumber, but it feels easier because it it teaches you better I right. guess so it's like oh so I know what I'm doing more than this game because this game taught me better yeah. or it has a more understandable UI and stuff and maybe some people like the more complicated stuff that's like why I couldn't get into stuff like World of Warcraft I wanted to play the original Warcrafts that were similar to like Stronghold and stuff where you're yeah. managing your armies um, but then stuff like the MMO World of Warcraft uh, I couldn't get into because it's just so much like uh, like non-game stuff like navigating <laughs> menus and like I see people's UIs like covering their whole screens and it's just like seems overwhelming yeah it's so, like there yeah, is a, a big there is a line for me where it's like there's I don't want a game to feel like a job but um, a game like Stronghold where I guess it technically you are doing something like a job but it's like satisfying because you're at least seeing growth like physically um, mm -hmm. whereas like in certain games it's like okay well and here's like a sword that doesn't make your character look any different. Like, right. <laughs> like, I like to see progress. So, like, if I am doing something and it feels like a job, it's at least satisfying to, like, see a huge payoff. Right, or yeah. Or maybe to even, like, fail and have that, like, oh, dang it, and then have to try again. It's kind of satisfying yeah. to, like... That's that's definitely prevalent, and it's it's kind of prevalent in both games, but in Stronghold Crusader, like, if you're just going up against a bunch of different enemies, yeah, it's there's, there's no greater feeling than when you've, like, spent a lot of money and resources Sources to like get like 200 swordsmen yeah. and then you're like all right i'm going to go attack and then you actually, uh, like, win. this guy and it's so cool to like see yeah. them and and sometimes during those games you'll get a message from them and be like oh no maybe i should have thought this through because yeah. they're like scared <laughs> they see your army it's like yeah i'm powerful I'm yeah <laughs> Yeah, so it's a lot of really... I, I spent hours on, on both of these games. They had some sequels later that weren't really that great because other studios got involved and they uh, tried yeah. to... Like you were saying how like with the 3D, how you wish that you were like down there with them. Yeah. In Stronghold 2, they kind of they kind of tried to do like the whole like where you could like zoom in and basically see, uh, but it's it didn't um, it didn't translate well. I remember the first game that, because um, I remember I really liked, this is kind of off topic, but it's not at the same time. I liked Roller Coaster Tycoon oh, yeah. a little <laughs> bit, which was like that. It's basically that except at the Roller Coaster Park. Yeah. I remember playing um, Sim Coaster. And uh, yeah, I remember really liking Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I was like, I, I want to be like able to run around the park. <laughs> and then like we'll ride the rides. And then Thrillville came out, which was that. And you could like play your character and like talk to people and like go ride the rides yourself. And, yeah. And I, I'll just always liked that aspect. 
aspect to games as a kid. I don't know yeah. why. I think I just like being able to experience. I, I, I guess I don't feel like I'm the one having influence over everything because it's too stressful or something. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what my mindset as a kid was for that, but I was just like, I don't, I like to be the people on the ground. It was probably <laughs> just the camera angle. I just played three or third person games and was like, that's what I'm used to. So it was probably just that, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, yeah, it didn't translate well and they had a few other like failed uh, sequels, which is why Stronghold hasn't been as prevalent as today. They had a new yeah. They had a Stronghold Crusader 2 come out a couple of years ago, and I have not had a chance to play it, but uh, I plan to. But uh, Stronghold 1 has just had such a very near... It's a very important game yeah, for me, like and I just couldn't... a lot of influence on your real life. Yeah, you know? and I just could not have it be my number one, considering like all the hours that I would that I would spend yeah. on it and um, it was basically my happy place you yeah, know totally. and like I, I always loved the storyline and it kind of affected influenced me because I love writing stories and the uh, the voiceover work is also very very charming oh, my, fa- yeah. my favorite being from uh, the rat Duke de Poose. he had a great voice actor ah! I Stupid troops can't, won't, uh, they didn't follow my foolproof plan. Frightened? The glorious forces of Depuce will brush you aside as I would brush a fly from my arm. And it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, you know, I'm sure very simple compared to like how games have been now. Yeah. But um, I will always like have a hankering to just go back and play it. It'll never get old. Totally. Honestly. So. Nice. Stronghold and Stronghold Crusader, but Stronghold is my favorite. Heck yeah. As your father lay bleeding, he begged me to end his life. It gave me pleasure to watch his anguish. And I will have that pleasure again, watching yours. Step into my lair and get ready to meet your maker. So now... Well, there we go. What it, now, now we're on your number one. My number one. Let's, I'm very... You, you know this game. I know you do. I'm, well, I'm sure I do. But There's I'm no su- way I'm that you su- never talked about it, but I, I was talk- surprised that it wasn't Breath of the Wild. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't guess, honestly, because I've like gone on rants about this game to you. I'm going to see if you can guess you it. You go on rants on a lot of things. I do, so. yeah. It's <laughs> true. It's true. What Do you think you know what it is? I can't think of it at the moment. All right. But. Uh, well, my favorite game of all time and has been for a long time and will always be my favorite mm. game, probably. I literally can't see anything ever. Like, <laughs> like this will always be my number one, probably, yeah. is Shadow but, of the Colossus. But, yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> is it Shadow of the Colossus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job. Was you hick? Cause it's a very cool at Zoko. 
I honestly the I hedgehog. Know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> Shadow. Oh my god. Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, I was, I was surprised you didn't guess that one because that, that's the game I've like shown you. Like, I want to get a tattoo. Of yeah, this and thing. you've literally said that it's your favorite. Yeah, like multiple. But I think it's also because like but I've, also, I've never played it. But yeah, it's not like a game you're familiar with, so it probably doesn't stick in your mind. But and I've also gone on huge sprees about other games so it's probably hard to tell with me because i get yeah. really enthusiastic about certain games it's true they never had a shadow colossus 2 so it couldn't yeah. be that good <laughs> they te there's technically a trilogy now um of like games in the same universe quote unquote but they all play pretty differently but also similarly um it goes eco was the first one on ps2 and then there was oh. Shadow of the Colossus, which was also on PS2, and then Last Guardian, which was supposed to be PS3, but they forced them to put it on PS4, but they didn't know how to, like, develop it properly for PS4, which is why the game runs, like, garbage. And it's kind uh, of sad because, like, it has bad frame rates a lot. Not to the bad. point of being unplayable, but it's, like, to the point of being noticeable. But it sucks because the game is actually really good and had a lot of insanely emotionally impactful moments that, like, I can remember right now for the last guardian yeah last guardian yeah, i've seen clips of i it. think it's great but a lot of people gameplay like didn't like it and it was disappointing to see um how many people kind of like hated on the design and i'm going to defend it real quick for a certain thing but like this is a good way to point out um why i like this studio and how they design games and they've only made three like mm -hmm. and they're working on a new one right now and i'm like freaking out because now they have a chance to like make a game for a system they're familiar with and it won't you yeah. know, have performance issues and but, then it comes out ps5 yeah yeah and then they force them to board with ps6 <laughs> but like with last guardian an example of how they design games so and i i, I totally get why people it's not for everyone i'm not going to expect people to think this is like fun but i find stuff like this interesting mm -hmm. so you find the beast in the game for the first time and like you kind of become friends with, have to become friends with them and commands him what to do so he can help you get through the world and at first it's like he doesn't listen to you much and a lot of people yeah. thought the game was like just broken but it's like you have to command him a couple times before he listens to you or like you may have to be like jump and he won't listen and but like <laughs> after a while like you, when you guys go through stuff together like your bond grows and then he'll like listen to you instantly later on and not like that much later on but like after a while you notice like he grows more comfortable with you and it's kind of like it starts out intentionally frustrating at first because it's yeah. like it's just a random beast you met. Like, he's not going to just be your friend automatically. So <laughs> I kind of like seeing, like, it shows relationship growth through gameplay as well and how much he trusts you. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, videos of people being like, oh, look, I'm telling him to do the thing and he's not doing it. This game sucks. <laughs> I saw so many videos like that and it was disappointing because it was literally, like, the first level of the game. Yeah. And I was like, it's not like that. Mm. After, like, an hour uh, and <laughs> the game had really intense, like, emotional moments I will tell a quick story. Um, I, like I, ha I haven't we, even gone to my favorite game yet. <laughs> yeah, but, we, I mean, I like how we say, like, Shadow of the Colossus is my but, number one, and then we start talking about it, a completely it's re different It's game. relevant because I'm I want to connect the, um, the fundamentals of how these people design their games and yeah. why they become my favorite. Um, Last Guardian isn't one of my favorite games or anything, but I'm just using it as a quick example um, as build-up, I guess. But there was a moment where... Um, I was playing the game and something crazy was happening. I won't spoil it in case anyone cares, but I was home alone and I was in my room. I had headphones on because I wanted to hear the music because the music was great. Um, I was in my room. And this is when I was living with my parents still. And I literally was like freaking out so much to the point. That I was like, no, no. And I, yeah. I don't do that. I don't, <laughs> if I'm by myself, I don't yell or talk or say things to a game, but I literally like freaked out so much 
and I was like, no, 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 please. And it wasn't even, a, it was like a cutscene because I was like, yeah. like something that happened and I was like emotionally traumatized. <laughs> and my dad had just gotten home at that moment and he ran in my room because he thought I was like under attack. <laughs> and he was, he thought I was like having a nightmare or something. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was super embarrassing. But that's just like, that is just an example. I know of, what part you're talking about. Yeah. Like these games that just, they get to me emotionally somehow. And that's why Shadow of the Colossus is like my favorite game because it invokes a lot of those moments out of me, especially now it's like I can handle it because I know what to expect, obviously. But the first time I played that game was like the first time I ever had a weird emotional connection to a game where I was like Mm -hmm. freaking out. And the crazy thing with this game is like there's like five, ten minutes at most of cutscenes, maybe like ten minutes maximum of cutscenes throughout the whole game. Yeah. Um, there's not really. No one that, really talks. Yeah. There's dialogue at at the beginning when when the god guy tells you, but all he ever says is go kill this thing. Now. Yeah. It's not like story really, and and then there's a thing in the middle where they're like something's happening, look what's happening, and then it goes back. You don't see him for a while, and then you, it comes back to the end of the game, and then it's relevant again. There's like three major cutscenes in the whole game, um, and uh, this the first time I played this game, and I'll talk about the ending for this one because it's been out since the PS2 and they made a remake a couple yeah, years ago like classic. people know like, yeah. and just mute for like 30 seconds or a minute if you um, don't want to be spoiled for Shadow of the Colossus at the end but I'm going to talk about I'll it I'll go to this time point on the screen <laughs> if only we could do that <laughs> um, but the f- so this game ends with you um, becoming a Colossus becoming evil because it turns out the whole time you were killing innocent creatures that actually weren't evil and every time you kill one these things black evil spirit things go into you and you never really know what it is and you're just like okay Uh that's just what happens and at the end of the game and you kind of notice throughout the game your character is like slowly starting to look a little more grimy and you just assume it's like oh he's beaten up he's dirty but then like at one point you can see he has like black veins subtly and it's just like there like in the game he's just part of your character and you're like that's weird and then by the end of the game he just looks like gross and kind of evil yeah. um, but it's because you're absorbing all these spirits by killing these innocent creatures that are defending themselves from you because they're just sleeping when you approach them and um, and this god thing that's talking to you the whole time was the bad guy and he used you to revive this big evil spirit and then you get to control this big evil spirit at the end of the game to try and kill these people and, um, and huh. they basically kill you like the people that were there to like try and stop you from doing this because you were just a boy trying to save your girlfriend you didn't know killing the class i would do this but yeah this guy tricked you into saying i'll revive your girlfriend if you kill these things for me and he successfully manipulates you and then the elder people that show up cast this spell and you start to turn back to normal as it sucks you back in and the end of the game is you looking at your girlfriend who is still dead and just running towards her and you can do it for as long as you want but the thing is sucking you back and you can't reach her and you just eventually have to let go and get absorbed by the thing and like basically die and it's and you're playing it through gameplay the whole time though which is like the part that got me as a kid because i was like am i supposed to be able to get to her and i remember games and i was like no 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 and i thought (laughs) i lost but it was just how the game was supposed to end yeah and i remember like actually cried. I didn't get the good I, ending. I was probably 15 or 16 when I played it for the first time and I like legit like cried. I was uh, like, cause there's literally the scene where it's just like him like looking at her before he like gets, like, it's like he did all of that for this girl and it was 
for nothing and he ended up being the bad guy unintentionally even though he had good intentions and all of this is told through like five minutes of dialogue and three cutscenes throughout like a 10 hour game Wow. 12 hour maybe it depends how fast you're. I can beat it in like 8 hours now because I know how to beat everything but the first time I played it it probably took 15 yeah. but um, it just had such an emotional like experience for me that I had never felt from a game and even when I still play to this day I still get goosebumps at that part. I'm just like this is like no game like emulates this kind of like raw emotion for me and that's just like story stuff like the gameplay itself is um, although to some it can be seen as kind of tedious, um, I think it emulates uh, what you're going through in the game really well. Like to hold on to things, hold on to the monsters as they're shaking around. You have to hold yeah. the button. If you let go, he lets go in the game. So you're like gripping your controller as yeah. you came while it's shaking you around because you're like, oh, don't let go. And it's yeah. like stressful when you see your stamina meter going down. And it's it makes you feel like Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> but no, it like... It, it makes you feel like what you're experiencing in the game, which I always liked that kind of like simulation aspect of like, oh, grip, you have to hold it to grip, and um, and all you're really doing is climbing a thing and stabbing its weak spot. But yeah. the way you have to figure out how to get on them, it's it's hard. The first time I played that game, it's it's really hard to figure out what to do, um, and it's just so clever the way they're able to kind of hint at what you're after what you have to do without being like hey you see that rock over there what if you knocked that over and blah 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 like it doesn't tell you what to do ever if you go like five or ten minutes without doing anything it'll be like the knee is the weak point or it'll give you like a really vague <laughs> hint that still isn't the most helpful thing at all but it, it'll be like this poor guy is like struggling <laughs> but it, it makes you wait you. like a lot quite a while video game overlords so yeah and it's just really smart. Like, one example I'll give is one of the Colossi has a really big bushy beard, and you can only climb on the fur, you learn early on. So you mm -hmm. can't climb on their armor, you can only climb up their fur. And this guy, he has armor on his legs, so you can't just run up to him like the first Colossus and grab his legs. You have to find a way to get up to his torso or his head or something. And it's like, what do I do? And you see a little cave, and it's like, uh, there's nowhere to go. I'm gonna go hide in this cave and wait and hopefully something happens and then he goes over and then he like bends over to see you in the cave and then that's when his big long beard hangs down and you can grab that. Sorry, so my you, charger fell. <laughs> it's all good. But that's it's kinda like figuring out what to do without knowing what to do. So yeah. it's like, oh maybe I can go hide in this cave and he has a beard, so like I I can't get on his leg, so I need him to bend down somehow. If I go in here, he'll bend over to look at me, and then I can jump out and grab his beard, and he'll, and then I can climb. It's just that thought process is yeah. the most satisfying thing ever, especially when it works. Yeah. Um, and there's even. But you just kind of figure it out for yourself, right? Yeah. You're not exa told to exactly. Go in the cave. It does not tell you at all what to do, and the only <laughs> way, the only thing you're doing in this game too is like it doesn't even tell you where to go to find them. A lot of this game is exploring a big empty void world that has no life in it no animals uh -huh. or any except for salamanders which you can collect to get more health the game doesn't tell you that but you sometimes you see them and it's like that looks interesting yeah so it's like you kill it and then you notice oh there's a glowy thing and then that's kind of when you learn oh these things will increase my health it never teaches you that in a tutorial it just seems like that's like something i should grab probably <laughs> 
um, video game logic. Or there's like fruit and shiny trees, things. and you learn that that increases your stamina if you eat them. Um, but it's never like, oh, what if you shot the fruit in the tree and ate it? It's like something that looks like something I could shoot. And it's yeah. just, you figure everything in this game out for yourself. A lot of people who play it for the first time don't even know that you can eat salamanders or eat the fruit in the tree. They just go the whole game without doing that. Huh. Um, but it's like if you figure that out, it makes it easier because you can increase your stats in a way. And so <clears throat> since it's so open world, do you can you fight the the monsters in any order? That's the thing is no. Um, oh. But that's what's um, the the way it works is that you hold your sword up and so it's like you hold your sword up and it only works in the sunlight and it'll be like scattered lights and you have to point it around until it focuses into one beam. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, okay, I go in this general direction. And that's how you find out which one you have to go to. Um, and they can't do it in any order because of difficulty progression. So, like, as a just a game design, I, it makes sense for me. Because <clears throat> if they did a thing like Breath of the Wild, they would have, like, Breath of the Wild made all the dungeons equally difficult. Yeah. So you could do it in any order, but there's no, like, oh, this is the hard one, you know? So with this game, like, if you were able to do it in any order, it's like, what if you did the really hard one first and then did the really easy one last? And yeah. it would be kind of weird. And yeah. I always liked the idea of possibly being able to do it in it. You kind of can later on. There's, like, a time trial mode where you can refight them in any order you want. So technically you're able to after you beat it. Right. Um, but... From the get-go, it's just like, all right, focus your light. Oh, kind of go somewhere over here, and then you get there, and it's like, now where? And it's like really vague, but it kind of just gives you an idea of where you go, and you have to find your way to it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who don't like the game kind of criticize that it's just really boring. Like, you're just riding a horse for, like, hours <laughs> through a world with nothing in it. But They wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't like Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Then. But I, I love the environment, and it's such an interesting, like, world, and it's really drab and depressing, and it's not really colorful, which for me is yeah, usually, I don't, usually I don't like, but in this game, it, it fits the mood so well. Yeah. Like, I feel it, like it would be weird. It works it with was, the atmosphere. Yeah, because it's such a sad, like, ominous game, and then it's mysterious. And yeah. But in the remake for PS4, like, there are times when it's legitimately, like, one of the most gorgeous games I've ever seen, like especially in the forest and the lighting engine they use. It's the best looking game I've played, probably like tied with Red Dead 2, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, the remake is great. It encapsulates the original perfectly without sacrificing anything or yeah, changing anything. But it improves it. They tried to add like a new control scheme, but you can just use the original one, which I like way better. Um, okay. But it's just a really great game. Uh, and I think it's the epitome of game design because it's able to entice a feeling in you where you figure out what to do without text or words or anything telling you what to do you look at the environment everything is so intentively designed and everything has an intention and there's a lot of things that you can go the whole game without knowing or maybe you figure something out for yourself like it's just really cool and there's different ways to beat some of the bosses too like there's one where you can either there's like a tunnel and you you can either hide in it and hope that the thing bends over so you can grab onto its tassel thing or <coughs> or you can ride the hill on the horse, jump off your horse and grab onto its tail or something. Hmm. And it, So it kind of has that dynamic too where it's like there's not always just one way to do things. Um, even with bosses where there, it seems like there are only 
like there is only one single solution you figure out like oh well what if when I grab onto a sword and he's raising it I let go and then it flings me in the air and I can lay it on his head that's like a speedrunner strategy but yeah. you can do <laughs> stuff like that and it works and it's super cool hmm. um, so that's that's a lot of the reason why this is my favorite game because it is able to sort of be like this open world like ominous like lots of interesting exploration yeah. but it still has a really perfect um progression of difficulty and mm. has a good amount of freedom and letting you figure out how to do things yourself it has an incredible story without uh shoving cutscenes in your face and that and it's not incredibly complex or anything. Yeah, and it's a simple story, but it's so emotional, um, emotionally impactful. And yeah. um, it, it, it's one. It's probably my favorite story told in a game, or at least the, my favorite way of, of a story being told in a game. Um, and then even mentioned the music. Um, it's my second favorite soundtrack behind Metroid Prime, but the the compositions. And the orchestras recorded for this were like unreal for the time, like mm-hmm. insane, like Lord of the Rings level for me at points. Yeah, <laughs> like the melodies that they come up with are just so good, um, and it's even kind of dynamic where um, it's like starts out a little chill during a fight, and as soon as like you clamp onto it, and the game is like he knows what he's doing, then the game like the music like starts getting more triumphant, and it's like it's just so good. And, yeah. If you fall again, the music goes back to being pretty chill and stuff. So it's just really well de- well designed in every aspect. Like everything was thought so thoroughly. Um, it performs, and not the PS2 version, but like the PS3 and the PS4 version are like they run very smoothly. They look beautiful. Um, I, I everything's like physics based, so it has this really in like real like intense feeling to it when you're trying to climb and like fight things and yeah it's stressful in the perfect way to um my throat's getting really dry so it's hard to talk because i'm talking so much but um (laughs) it's bubbly for real it's all gone but it's it like when you're climbing on something about to get to the top but your stamina meter is like really low and you're almost there it's yeah it's so like stressful and even me who's played it like probably literally 10 times um i still have moments like that where i'm like no 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 god um (laughs) and yeah there's there's a lot i could talk about with this game and even the um like i want to get a tattoo based off this game which is i've shown it to you um the weak spots that show up on the creatures where you have to stab them Mm -hmm. the symbol that shows up there is like this really cool like tribal looking symbol thing and i want a tattoo of that yeah um and it's kind of just like a symbolic thing of like oh my weakness aha blah you know it's corny <laughs> but like this this Stab game me has like here this, on my arm and i'll die this, this game always had this like kind of metaphorical meaning to me which oddly enough was kind of um used as a huge metaphor in an adam sandler movie rain over me Oh, and it's yeah. not not a funny Adam Sandler movie. At yeah, all. I was just talking. I was just thinking about it yesterday. Yeah, that Shadow of the Colossus is like kind of a weirdly big. Part I forgot of that, that movie. they. Yeah, they. There's it's like kind a of mo- like a weird promotion for it almost. I didn't. I don't because it came out a while after it, so I don't even know if it was meant to be like. I don't think it was a product. It could have been a product placement, but I don't. It probably was, not. I don't but. think it was because like, I read stuff about the director and like why they included that, and it's because like the game itself like kind of symbolizes the 
the story of the movie about like overcoming like yeah so it was used as like a symbol and that's like kind of one of the I reasons totally why forgot. i like hey, let me try let me try just watch me do it let me let me let me just try it okay how do you how do you shoot it the square is the stab and that's the bird you want to shoot him get his attention all right all right good job already and let me pluck him right in the uterus. Aim <laughs> <laughs> what? Ah! I could show you how to do it, give you some hints, but I'll warn you, it's very addictive. Yeah, and that's kind of always how I viewed the game, too, is like this metaphor and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> that movie uses that game as like a metaphor for what's going on with this guy's personal life in a way. Yeah. The reason why I was thinking about it is because. Um, uh, a YouTuber we watch YMS did a, a review of the uh, un, uncut gems, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is a new Adam serious Adam Sandler movie that's coming out. I'm so excited! People in the comments were like, uh, "Well, he YMS recommended like go check out Punch Punch Drunk Love. It's yeah. my it's another great Adam Sandler serious movie. So good." And people in the comments were like, "Oh wow, Adam Sandler doing like serious movies." And so, I'm surprised people I, still don't know about yeah his, like, serious. Well, they're not movies. as popular. And I chimed in, and I'm like, "Another great one to check out is Myrowitz Stories." Yeah, and, so good. And I said, "Rain Over Me," even though it's been a while and it's not a. It's perfect not like movie. amazing, but I like it. Yeah, you know? it was the first time that I had ever seen Adam Sandler in a serious role. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a good movie and I, and it had been a while, so I totally forgot that Shadow of the Colossus was a part yeah. of that. It, it was, um, I just remember seeing, I wa- I didn't know that was in the movies so when I watched it. I was like, it was just weird seeing a game like that in like a big movie. Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, games like this don't it's get not a true story, promotion. Is it? It, I think it's like loosely a true story. It, I doubt the guy actually, who knows, but it's like this guy like actively depressively plays shadow of the colossus <laughs> this is like in, an interesting great promo <laughs> way to use. yeah it was interesting but there's like if a you're montage depressed, you lost and you lost your kids <laughs> play shadow of the colossus it's just funny it's like there is an adam sandler movie where there's a montage of him teaching someone how to play shadow of the colossus i'm like it's so weird it's just, it's not that popular of a game so it's it was fascinating to see it in a movie like well that. it is now which makes but... me think that's why it probably wasn't like a paid promote it at least it's it, not I like... I could be wrong. It could least, have been a paid promotion. It's but. not Fortnite in the Avengers. Yeah, for real. Um, oh, gosh. But, yeah, I, I love that game. It has a lot of emotional impact and meaning to me. I remember the first time I saw anything about it was uh, in an EGM magazine, Electronic Gaming Monthly. I saw... Um, I was really young. I saw the box art for it on PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a while ago, but when it was coming on PS2, and I remember thinking the box art was so fascinating. And just the box mm. art alone, it's just like this creepy colossus with like a hammer thing. Yeah. And I was just like, that looks. I didn't even see pictures of the game. I was just like, that looks interesting, and, and I you want bought it. it immediately. Actually, no, <laughs> I I didn't know where to find it, and I think it was like rated T, and I was probably like ten or something. I don't know how uh, old I was, but I remember just being like, it looks cool but like creepy so i like just didn't think about it and i remember years later when it came out on ps3 i was like that's the box art i remember it had it like awoke 
this random memory because I hadn't thought about the game ever since. And I remember really? I saw it. I remember seeing the cover, the game everywhere. Yeah, I saw, not really I saw it in a magazine it. and then like never again. Interesting. Um, but I, How do I know these things? I don't know. You don't. But I saw the PS3 version at a GameStop. And I remember instantly being like, why is this familiar? I was like, that's that one game I like saw a picture of in that EGM magazine as a kid. And I was like, I'm gonna, I just bought it not knowing nothing about it. <laughs> and I went home and played it and I beat it in like two or three days. And I, it's your life was never, and the I know same. I do this a lot with things, but this is my longest lasting, like actually my favorite thing of all time. The second I beat that game, I was like, this is the best game I've ever played. <laughs> like legitimately, I instantly knew and it still is to this day and probably yeah. always will be. So this is one of those things that had a lasting impact on me and, um, really uh had an influence on types of storytelling i like in games and game design and um and there's never really been another game like it and you can't really make another game like it because then you would just be copying it because it really is it's not like a genre really yeah you know it's its own specific thing like you could call it an adventure game but you could also call it like it's technically just a boss rush game it's not an action game it's weird it's just totally its own thing um and it's like has puzzle elements technically since you have to figure out how to kill a thing. It's not just slashing your sword and I could go on and on, but um, my final statement on it will be, I think it um, is the game that has the most genius game design and the visuals and music and just everything come together to uh, make an experience that I don't think a game will ever give me again. Like mm-hmm. all, there will be games that come out like Breath of the Wild. I th- was like, blown away and it almost kind of it kind of gave me that feeling of like whoa again but in terms of in terms of really like blowing my mind and kind of like altering my perspective on things with games or a medium of entertainment yeah i don't think some anything's ever going to come out again that will have as much of a a hit on my views on like games as that one does Mm. um like something like the only chance something has right now is Death Stranding, since apparently he's trying to make that game something that's never been done before, and he's trying to make a new genre with that that's, game. That's their next game. Yeah, no, not um, sorry, that's not that same. It's Hideo Kojima, the guy who made Metal Gear. Oh, okay, yeah. That game with Norman Reedus and stuff. But I don't that's know what to think of it right now. But he, he he keeps saying he's trying to make a new genre and like something that's never been done before, and that's kind of I felt like what Shadow of the Colossus was. So I'm kind of hoping I, I like when things do something i've never experienced before so that's, yeah i get excited for that and um hopefully it's done well but i'm i'm always out to support games that actually want to try something new and interesting even if a lot of people think it looks boring and stupid because a lot of people <laughs> think that training looks boring and stupid and i don't blame them but a lot of people also think and thought Shadow of the Colossus looked stupid and boring because it's just riding around in a field with a horse, following a light, and then killing a thing. I mean, it's very simple, but yeah, it's super that's simple. That's kind of the beauty of it, exactly. And that, again, we're going back to the statement I made earlier of how I love simple premises with, uh, like, overall simple premises with really um, complex, like things around it i don't know i was trying to i almost said your body i I was gonna use organs as a metaphor but i was like (laughs) that would sound stupid but yeah it's like go kill monster that and then go kill this monster monster, become monster yourself yeah and like that's the game it's super simple girlfriend's dead there's so much (laughs) to it inside of it that 
you know it, it just feels insane to experience yeah. and um yeah it's it's probably always going to be my favorite game of all time yeah. I, I honestly i don't know what a game would have to do to top it for me honestly um and it's not even like that nostalgic like i wasn't that young when i played it i was like 16 right. you know Definitely. I am a bit jealous that, like, um, that you have such an emotional connection to that game because I, I don't think there's been any game that has like made me cry. Yeah. Honestly, I think the only thing that not came even Red close, Dead. Well, Red Dead One. I think I yeah. came close to it with the spoiler warning mm-hmm. when uh, John Marston was killed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I cried though. I was more just like like after it happened, I was like. I, I genuinely oh. want you to play Last of Us, and I want to see how you... Yeah, everyone if says you, if you how don't, sad it is. If you don't know what happens already, but I... Yeah, I, thankfully nothing has really been spoiled for me. For it's going to be Us. free on PS Plus in October, which is like... <sighs> so I, I'm i going to heartily recommend to you heartily. to download it tomorrow when it's on... It's Oh, tomorrow. It, it'll be... It's free for October, which tomorrow's October, right? I believe so. <coughs> Well, if it's not, then the day after. But, um, but yeah, download it. It's going to be free. Part two is coming out in February. Um, the game itself is pretty... Yes, tomorrow's October. It's kind of just like a horror, like, shooty, third-person action game. But its story is so, so good. I don't think yeah. it's, like, an amazing game. It's a good game. It's, like, a good yeah. survival, like, horror, like kind of game but like, if it were like a movie it'd be a pretty yeah, good movie but I, I still think it's a really fun game to play there's yeah. a lot to it um you know a lot of people think it's like an awful game with a good story i think it's a really good game with an incredible story um it's really compelling and made me cry like twice because <laughs> there's a lot of really clever storytelling mechanics that a lot of people don't think about with the beginning and the end and whatnot and um I yeah. love it. I would say well, if that doesn't make you cry, I would honestly be kind of surprised, especially since you haven't had it spoiled for you yet. You could actually like experience it without knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think you should give it a shot. I'm curious to see what you think. Um, yeah. That, I remember when I played it, uh, I thought it was like my favorite game of all time for a bit. But uh, after like a few days, I was like, no, I just really liked the story. But the game itself, I like I don't love um, it's really mm-hmm. fun. I mean, it's Naughty Dog. You know, they made Uncharted and Crash. You know, so they're great at making games. But um, especially at like very cinematic games. Yeah, yeah. It's it could just be a movie and it would be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Cool. Anyways. Well, there you have it, folks. 
our top five games. Did you agree with our list? Well, I mean, it doesn't. It's not really that kind of list. I don't care if list. you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's, it's like definitely some of the most unconventional like, lists. If you want to make, it kind of is. Yeah, like I feel like a lot more people nowadays are starting to say Shadow Claws is their favorite, but I feel like it's because a lot of but I've got like people are putting it in the spotlight. Like I've got Red too. Dead Two and Spyro. Yeah. and <laughs> Assassin's Creed and Stronghold. All in the same list. Yeah, that's super weird. That is really weird, actually. I'm a weirdo. What was mine again? Mine was, um, hang on, hang on a second. I'm just going to look Oh my gosh, quick. we just heard it. I got to refresh myself <laughs> really quick. Um, so. Sad that I can't remember it. Okay, so, yeah, my five was, um, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, which is like a JRPG, Majora's Mask, a Zelda game. Like action puzzle, Metal Gear Solid Three, a cutscene heavy stealth game with really complicated story, Metroid yeah. Prime first person puzzle, no story kind of <laughs> game, and then Shadow of Colossus, which is like its own. So yeah, I I had a pretty diverse list as well, which I like. That's just how it be for yeah. us. It's good stuff. Um. So yeah, what are your top five? Let us know in. The comments, if you, um, well, I guess if you're on YouTube, you can comment. Yeah. Or you can s- write us on Facebook or something. I don't know. Or you can call me at um... 309. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's as far as I'll Just go. Just beep it. Just like put a, a sensor. And stuff. <laughs> 309. Um, one two three four, four five, five six, six seven. Yeah, just give us a call or a text and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Censor that. I mean. It's not like that we have a huge following that will be bombarded what if I with text put out like my mom's or... phone number or something. And my mom was like, "Why are people texting me Undertale five times? <laughs> <laughs> What's Undertale? <laughs> Fortnite? What? Oh my gosh!" Um, so speaking of things that make you cry, I have a recommendation. Do uh, it. I was. I was debating whether I wanted to use this as a recommendation because my last recommendation was a TV show and this is going to be, but I'm just going to be true to my heart just as Mulan taught me to be true to my heart. Nice. Uh, (laughs) Must be true to your heart. You remember that song? Stevie Wonder did it for the Mulan I only watched Mulan like twice as a kid. I need to watch it again. I remember liking it, but I don't remember the songs. Anyways. so I suck. I I I didn't I caught up with this last night. I was up late last night, but um, you most likely have heard of it. But Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. Um, is an incredible show. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad and you've never seen Better Call Saul, you definitely don't want to miss out on this. It doesn't have the same like pacing as it doesn't have the same energy as breaking bad because it's its own thing yeah i kind of respect that it decides to not just try to be breaking bad too there are moments where it like can get really crazy especially the end of this last season i'm that's i'm not gonna say anything but there are moments where it's just like oh wow things are really crazy right now but it definitely takes its time and and uh it spends time on like developing characters and you would never like, I remember watching breaking bad. I would have never thought that 
Saul Goodman would be such a, or I guess Jimmy McGill, as yeah. his real name is in the show, would be such a compelling character. Yeah. But he is. I remember being worried that they were, oh, they're making the comedic relief his own show, but it's like, no, it's actually really solid from what I've seen at yeah. least. Yeah. So. I mean, he's he really is kind of like a sad character. <laughs> yeah, it's um, really but, for real. But it's not even just about him. Uh, there's... There's other side characters in it, like I mean, I'll I'll just say this, like because you find you see him in the first season, but Mike, yeah, uh, from Breaking Bad is in it, and he has his own kind of side uh, plot, and that is also really entertaining. Goes into a lot of like Mexican cartel stuff, and it's super intriguing and very. Um, I took a break from it for a while because not a lot was happening at the time but once i got back onto it i watched like five or six episodes last night nice jeez. <laughs> and uh it really is great especially if you're a breaking bad fan go check it out good deal um it's got like there's like the three seasons on netflix and you can find the fourth season just anywhere you, you know you Dope. know what to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can find it so that's my recommendation good stuff and uh yeah, I guess that is all all we got for you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thank you. Um and listening to our favorite video games. Uh I don't know what the next episode's going to be. Yeah, but we have, don't we don't really plan that far ahead. So yeah, we'll not probably really. think of it like the day before or something. We got ideas. Yeah. So go follow us on Twitter. Um Leave uh leave a like on YouTube. Don't don't do that. Don't. Leave a leave a rating and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and such. Subscribe whatever platform that you're listening and also just share this podcast around with anyone that you think would like our voices. Yeah. You know. And uh get the uh Kroger customer care card at your local Kroger cuz it saves you a lot of money. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> we should just have life hacks That's on that. That's my recommendation. <laughs> I think Kroger is awesome. Uh, I like Kroger a lot. Kroger is pretty great, but Aldi. Not during the day though, when all the freaking psychos are there. Oh, I go to Aldi because it's cheap. I should go there. I really need to. You should. You should. If you got twenty dollars, you'd be good for like a week or so. That's true. Yeah. Anyways, that's all, folks. Uh, bye. Bye. I'm an octopus. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm an octopus.